This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Here we go. We're jumping into the Word. Uh, This is our official Christmas service, the last Sunday uh, before Christmas Day. And so Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope uh, you receive uh, this word and I pray that you're blessed by it. Uh, We are in our Advent series in expectation of his arrival. And so uh, we're concluding that today. So we're going to kind of jump in and really uh, just go through and 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 kind of do uh, a look at Advent and 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 share some new verses that are really in line with this and and go in and really look at the big picture of what Advent is um, and and this Advent season and and the heart and the the goal of this series is to really cause us to uh, renew uh, you know our our faith to prepare us for the new year um, and to uh, go back to the foundation of what our faith really is about. And it's about Jesus. And so hopefully this is somewhat of a renewing and a refresh of the simplicity of the gospel and who Jesus is what our faith is all about, okay? And so I, I hope that's what this does today. And we're gonna kind of go through basically and really just kind of review Advent and, and the, the various aspects of it and and the and highlight kind of what we've done each week, but really go in and then we're gonna end it with uh, the final uh, candle, which is the Christ candle. Um, and uh, if you were in person with us today, we actually had an Advent wreath and we kind of lit each candle. And so we're looking forward uh, um, to being able to uh, really just, even with our online community, really communicate the heart of what this is and to bring us back to Jesus, all right? So here we go. Um, if you wanna open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, and I'm gonna pray. Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray you speak to us today, Lord. Uh, I pray that you renew, refresh God our faith. Lord, as as the scriptures say, restore unto us the joy of our salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. All right, here we go. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says this, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All right, so there we go. Uh, Here is just the first point, which is Emmanuel, God with us, all right? So this is what Christmas is all about. And so once again, this is our opportunity to take time to study, to pray, to meditate on who Jesus is, what he has done, and hastening Um, being expectant, not only uh, concerning his birth, um, but also expectant for his return, all right? And so that's what we're actually gonna be talking about um, 
not the, yeah, actually the 26th, sorry, the, the 26th, the day after Christmas, we're going to be talking about um, his second coming because that's really this other aspect of Advent is really where it started, which was about his return preparing for his return, being expectant for his actual return. So we're going to talk about that on uh, next Sunday, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Okay, but here we go. We're going to go through these again, all right? And so the next point is this. Once again, y'all remember this if you were here in, in, in week one of the series of, of the month, but Emmanuel brings hope. And so I just want to share, highlight these, but share completely different and new scriptures concerning these these here. So once again, if you remember, this is the prophecy candle. Emmanuel brings hope. And so I'm going to read uh, Romans chapter 15, Romans 15, verses 12 to 13, okay? Romans 15, verses 12 to 13. And again, Isaiah says, here we go, prophecy candle. This is Isaiah. There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Two other key aspects of Advent, and may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let this be a reminder to us that Jesus came to bring us hope. Emmanuel brings hope. And this word hope, you know, it means joyful and confident expectation. Okay? Uh, there is, and, and let, this, let this be a reminder to you, there is an absolute assurance in God. There is an absolute assurance in, in Christ. Uh, he will do what he said, all right? Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, where you are, what you're in, what you're going through, there is an absolute assurance in God. There is hope, assurance for what is sure, a, a conviction, an expectation of what is sure, solid, steadfast, all right, and so he will do what he said, all right, and I love this. We, look, at it says here that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Abound, more than enough, overflowing, abundance, okay? Abound in hope. We don't have to settle, all right? As Christ followers, we do not have to settle with just barely making it barely getting by, you know, those are realities of this world, but we don't have to settle for that. Why? Because we in Christ can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. We are Hopeland Church, all right? La tierra de la esperanza, right? We are the land of hope. We are hope land, all right? Tierra de Esperanza. So we are, uh, you know, we, the Bible says we have been begotten again unto a living hope. All right. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. So hope, we can abound. We don't have to settle 
for just a little bit of hope. Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to, you know, uh, the reality of life, things happen. Tribulation happens. Temptation happens. What else happens, right? I wish I could, I wish I could dialogue with you here. All kind of stuff happens. But because of Jesus, we can abound in hope. We can have an abundance of hope, more than enough, all right? Bound through what? Through our own ability, through our intellect, through our effort? No, through what? The power of the Holy Spirit, okay? We don't have to settle for just a little hope. We in Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit can excel and abound and have an abundance of hope, right? We can have all kind of hope, all kind of hope, all right? All kind of hope. Once again, Emmanuel brings hope. This is the gospel. This is who Christ is. This is who we believe in, that we are people of hope, that we have hope. We may have a moment of despair. We might have feelings of despair, feelings of depression, feelings of anxiety, moments of real things happening in this real world. But at the end of the day, we can rest assured God is going to do what he said. God's going to move. God's going to come through. God's going to speak. God is going to lead. God is going to open a door. This is who he is in him. The Gentiles, that's you and me, shall hope. So hope, the prophecy candle. You know, uh, that, that's, it. that's a remembrance of uh, Jesus came to give us hope. So this just isn't a festive thing. This is a reality of the Christian life. This is a spiritual reality for Christ's followers. Hope, if you will, is in our arsenal. This is part of our spiritual weaponry. Hope is the reality of Christ in me, in me in Christ. Somebody say this when we say, Emmanuel brings hope. All right, here is the next one. Emmanuel brings love. This is the Bethlehem candle. Once again, if, if I had the, the, the wreath here, we'd light that candle as a, as a, as a picture, a, 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 an analogy of Jesus came to bring love. The Bethlehem candle, they call it because obviously that's where he was born. That is where Joseph was warned in a dream to take his wife and this baby to Egypt by divine warning and to preserve this child and preserve the world, <laughs> literally. Um, but here we go. Uh, we all know this verse, but I wanna share it. John 3, uh, John chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave. Emmanuel brings love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I'm here to tell you right now, when it comes to the love of God, I mean, we could preach on this every single day and just never exhaust the heart of God for humanity, the heart of God for you, the love of God toward us. Um, God is love. This is literally who he is, how he operates, how he speaks, how he leads. 
the entire end-all, be-all motive of our God is love. Everything he does, okay? We rest in his love for us. I really want to just emphasize that, uh, this word rest, you know, that there, there remains a rest for the people of God. And this is something I think we need to truly exercise at times, if I could be honest, because many times in our world, love is such a twisted concept. Uh, we associate love with feelings for somebody. And I get it, that word love, we use it a lot of different ways. We love food, we love vacation. We, uh, you know, when we're, when we're, when we got puppy love as teenagers, we love so-and-so, but at the end of the day, that's not agape love, right? That's not unconditional. Those are feelings. Those feelings are real. But when we speak of the love of God, it's, it's very, it's simple and it's, it's one thing. And it is, this is who God is and his love is not based on what we do or don't do. His love isn't a response to our actions. His love is not a reaction. His love for us comes from him, okay? Love is not from us. This agape love, this divine love, this God kind of love, it does not originate in our humanity. It does not originate in our emotion. It does not originate in our mind. It's not some kind of uh, human construct. This is divine. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, right? When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, Christ died for us. So for God so loved the world that he gave. So the world lost in sin, full uh, you know, of wickedness, you know, selfishness, you name it, just pick a sin and think about this, We're our sin, our lifestyle, our, 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 our dead works worthy of the punishment of judgment and death. The Bible says the wages of sin has death, but here is God, God, God. So like love starts with God. It is from him, okay? So it is from God, okay? He took the first step. You know, this divine love, this agape in the Greek love uh, is love toward us, for us, in spite of us. I'm going to say that again. The divine love of Christ. Emmanuel brings love. What kind of love is that? It is from God. It is, it is his initiation. He takes the first step. His love, this love, this type of love is toward us for us and in spite of us. And our actions, good or bad, favorable or otherwise, will never change his love for us. It is a spiritual truth. God is love. And I, I said all that to say this. We need to learn, and I said just a moment ago, exercise, because I believe at times it's an exercise because of how twisted love is here in this world, that it is, it is so twisted that it's earned. You know, it's you do this and they'll love you. You act like this and they'll love you. Come on now. Uh, that's the way this world is. But the love of God is because it's from him, because it's toward us, because it is divine, because it is, unconditional, meaning there is no condition to it. It, He just is. 
So with that said, our job is to simply rest in the love of God. He loves me. He loves me. I mean, I, not because I prayed and he doesn't hate me because I didn't pray. Now, I, you know, as a Christian, we're, we, we want to have our, our spiritual disciplines and our devotions and just have some effort, some willingness, right? I'm not, of course, but that, that's not about God's love for us, though. That's about our own growth and our own pursuit of him. But many times, even those disciplines, they get kind of misconstrued in our own minds. And we, we, if we don't do it, we think God's mad at us or God hate, you know, we start, we start to twist the truth at times, even as believers. Come on now. We start to do things out of duty. We hope that this, this, these kind of acts we're doing is make God love me more, you know, and sometimes this stuff is unconscious or subconscious. Uh, because maybe our earthly father or, or, or experience with the love here in this world is like, we're still trying to figure it out. You know, we can't quite understand it. It's a little messy. But at the end of the day, Emmanuel brings love, has brought love, has shown his love for us. And we need to simply rest in the truth that we are loved unconditionally by God himself. That's it. There's no if, ifs, ands, or buts about it. God loves you. All right, rest. And that word rest, I know this word rest isn't in the scripture, but the Bible talks about rest and 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 there, there, in Hebrews, it talks about how there, there, there remains a rest. And the rest re- really means, it means, um, a calming of the winds, okay? A calming of the winds, a calming of the storms of life. And the love of God is the absolute remedy for the storms of life. Not our works, not our disciplines, not our service, not our duty, um, not all those things aren't innately wrong or bad. They're actually in the word that that's all. But those actions we do, our performance, our and even in done in faith and done in the right heart, those aren't determining factors of the love of God toward us. Nothing we do determines God's love for us. But our reception of it. And our choice to rest in it determines whether that love is truly experienced or actualized in our life. Come on, somebody needs to say amen to this. I'm telling you right now, I really feel this in my heart and spirit today that we need to rest in the unconditional love of God. One way we rest in the love of God, right? is to worship him, is to meditate on his word, is to just meditate and think on and worship him in light of his love and just receive, just receive. Lord, I receive your unconditional love today. Thank you, Lord, that if nobody loves me today, 
I know one person will, and that is Jesus. All right? Emmanuel brings love. All right, Emmanuel brings joy. We talked about this one last week, the shepherd's candle. Why? Angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be toward all men, for all men, all of humanity. So, so uh, Emmanuel brings joy. Joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I got the love of Jesus in my heart. All right. I, I just heard last week, uh, I was singing last week, and I know some of you are probably like, that is the most horrible thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry. I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't keep myself back. But I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, and I'm going to make a joyful noise. Somebody say amen. John 15, 11. These things I've spoken to you, John 15, 11, that my joy may remain in you. All right. And that your joy may be full. It's amazing. It's interesting how in the word there are multiple times where in speaking of joy, speaking of full, you know, in his presence is the fullness of joy in this one. And that your joy may be full. All right. Uh, hallelujah. This is beautiful. These things I've spoken to you. All right. Here we go. So, so Emmanuel brings joy. So really, like, I mean, I know it's Christmas. We got the joy songs. We got joy to the world. I just sang one of those old, I think that's more of like a kid's song, I think, um, the one I just sang, um, you know, and joy to the world. And you got all this stuff out there. You can go to these stores now and get buy little Christmas things and it says joy on it, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's got like little glitter or whatever. Everything's got joy everywhere. Um, and yes, it's about Jesus and he brought us joy. But, but I want to just share in light of this verse here, how Jesus brings joy to you in your everyday life. This is a very clear picture of how Jesus brought joy to the disciples and how he does it to us, how he brings joy to us. So let's read it again, all right? John 15, 11, these things I've spoken to you, spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I want to tell you right now, here we go. The fruit of his word is joy, meaning when you get in the word, when you're reading the scripture, your Bible study, your devotional time, when you're hearing the preaching of the word, when you get a prophetic word, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you directly, when you hear his voice, when he speaks to you through a dream, through a vision, through somebody else, even through situations. You know, God will speak to us in different ways. Every way he speaks to us um, will line up with his word. And according to this verse, this is powerful, folks, that when God speaks, joy is the result. The fruit of the word is joy. Okay. When we truly and authentically hear his voice, it always produces joy. When we can recognize his voice, his sheep uh, know him, right? He knows them and they follow him. My sheep, uh, I believe in, oh man, I don't have the verse here, but I believe it may be in Matthew chapter 10, but he, a quote here, uh, one of the verses here in the gospels when he's speaking of the shepherd and sheep, he says, my sheep hear my voice 
I know them and they follow me. All right? My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So this, there is a connection to the ability to hear his voice and joy actualized in our life. All right? Kind of like, you know, so sometimes, you know, we're like, man, where's the joy at? Maybe, maybe it's we haven't heard his voice lately. Maybe we haven't gotten some revelation from the word because I'm telling you right now, this is what we're talking about here. I talked about this last week, but joy comes from God. Joy comes from, this is the joy of the Lord. The joy of our salvation. In his presence is the fullness of joy. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy, see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus type of joy here. Okay, I'm not talking about situational. I'm not talking about situational. Now, those things may make us happy and God may do something in a situation that makes us joyful. But God's heart is that you have this true joy that comes from within. It's Christ in you. And even when he does something for you, it's the it's the recognition that he did it, not just that it was done. Okay, so so that my joy may remain in you. I'm telling you right now, joy means grace recognized when we're able to recognize his voice. All right, joy is the result. These things I've spoken to you. Somebody say the word of the Lord. Say it again. Say the word of the Lord. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. If we want joy in our life, the, that, that characteristic of Jesus, the joy of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. If we aren't hearing the word, we're gonna be missing out on some joy. If we're not getting revelation out of the word, we're going to be lacking some joy. If we're not in the house of God, hearing the word of God, if we're not, you know, hearing the preached and taught word of God, we are going to lack joy. Joy isn't just some, some spiritual cloud out there that we try to muster up. Joy comes from the word of God. These sayings I have spoken to you that, that my joy may remain in you. We want the joy of God to remain in us, not just have this momentary thing that we talk about that happened five years ago. So we need to hear, give us this day, this day, our daily bread, the bread of heaven, the word of God, give us this day our daily bread, right? So, so his word is the bread that has come down from heaven. We gotta hear God's voice through his word, through the reading and meditating on the word, through the listening of the word, right? We have to be seekers of the word of God if we want the joy that he has brought. It's, it's, it's amazing. There's times where I'm just open the word. I might feel a little discouraged or bummed out about something or something might be kind of bothering me. It could be anything. Open the word. Read the word. Listen to some preaching messages. Listen to uh, some word on a podcast, something. Go on YouTube. Find a preacher I like. Man, I need to listen to some preaching. And, and many times, instantly, I just hear the word. Brings joy to my spirit. Brings joy to my spirit. Settles me in my spirit. I'm good. Got the word. Why? The Bible says these things I've spoken, spoken, spoken to you. 
that my joy may remain, remain in you and that your joy may be full. All right, joy follows when we perceive the voice of the shepherd. All right, this is the shepherd's candle, joy. When we hear the voice of the shepherd, joy is restored, okay? This is what joy means, okay? Joy means this, the act of rejoicing because of grace and the fact that I have joy because of grace. So it's both. Uh, joy is the act of rejoicing and it's the state of joy. It is the act of rejoicing because of grace. It's grace perceived, grace recognized. You understand when you hear the voice of God, you are perceiving and recognizing the divine grace of God with you right now in your situation. This whole thing, this whole Christmas thing we're talking about, folks, is about Emmanuel with us. When we recognize the voice of God, joy is there every time. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next one. Emmanuel brings peace. This is the angel's candle. Peace. All right, let's read this. Let's read this verse. Emmanuel brings peace. John 20, verse 19, all the way to verse 20. Okay, two verses. Once again, John 20, 19 to 20. Then, the same day at evening, this is after Jesus rose again from the dead, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews. So the disciples, they don't know what's going on. Jesus has only appeared um, to the women. <laughs> They're the first ones to declare the risen savior. Isn't that interesting? Even in that culture, like God chose women to be the first. Come on, somebody. God chose women to be the first heralds of the gospel. Some people talking nowadays about how women you know, can't talk in church and all this and that. And, and, and people do misinterpret the, the scriptures on that. But I mean, just this alone, this story here, we're not reading this in detail. I'm just, it's not part of my text. I just thought I'd mention it. Uh, but man, the first, the first ones to declare the risen savior were women. Hallelujah. Rise up, woman of God. Do what you're called to do. Be the voice of God like Mary Magdalene. Come on, somebody. All right, so Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, here we go, peace be with you. I love this. Emmanuel brings peace. Peace be with you. Verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side holes, in his hands hole in his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Once again, verse 20, when he had said this, what did he say? Peace be with you. First thing out of his mouth to his disciples. Shows up. Peace. Right? I'm here to tell you right now, Jesus, in your life, that is his heart. What does he bring? Emmanuel brings what? Peace. I mean, he's in his glorified body, still got the hands, the holes in his hands, the hole in his side. He's like, yo, check it out. It's me. I'm the one. I'm alive. Rose again the third day. Right? Shows up on the scene. Peace be with you. That's, that, that's what the presence of Jesus brings is peace, all right? The peace of God. I mean, literally, look at this story. Jesus came and stood in the midst, midst of them. They're in fear. They're shut in this place because of fear, fear, fear of the Jews. Fear. I mean, this was, it was, it was rough. And Jesus steps in, like I said last week, 
you know, um, peace isn't the absence of hostility. Peace itself is, but um, peace isn't um, some uh, kind of uh, where everything around you, top to bottom, is pristine. That is not the peace of God in this world. It is him. He will step into the hostility. He will step into an environment of fear and declare peace to you. Hallelujah. That, that, that is the heart of God, is that he brings peace where there is fear. He will, when, when the environment is upside down and all around and whatever, fill in the blank. This world has a lot to, to throw at us, right? But when Jesus steps in this, on the scene, peace be with you. Emmanuel brings peace, all right? And that, we, we just talked about rest and that's what that means. It means rest. We can find rest for our souls in his presence. We can find rest for our souls when we are in environments of fear, anxiety, depression, you know what I'm saying? Well, temptation, trial, trouble, um, uh, hostility, whatever. Uh, there is peace in his presence. Peace isn't us working overtime to create a life and try to develop this utopian environment. That is not gonna happen in this world. In this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good courage. Christ has overcome the world. So our goal isn't to try to create a world, uh, an environment uh, that, 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 that is utopian. It is to get in his presence. Come on, somebody. Jesus came and stood in the midst in the midst, in the midst, in the middle of it, got in the middle of their situation, got in the middle of their fear and declared peace. Hallelujah. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, his hands and his side. Then, then, then the disciples were glad. It's the same word joy. It's the same word. It's the same word in the Greek. Then the, the disciples were joyful. They were glad. You see the connection here in Advent. I mean, you can't go far in the scripture without finding joy, peace, and love. Like it's, 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 and hope. It's everywhere. You know, and in our walk with God, it is in Him. It's His presence. It is Jesus. And this world is fallen. This world is broken. But Christ is with us. Emmanuel, God, with us in it. We will find peace in nothing else. No one else. It will never happen in any other person, place, thing, environment, or institution. It's Jesus in him alone that will bring peace. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus um, desires to come in the middle of your fear, your hopelessness, your depression, your anxiety, and speak peace to you. That is what he does. All right? And look at, they were glad once they saw him. See, this is the thing, is once they saw him, they were glad. In his presence is the fullness of joy. 
When he said peace, joy was there. Once again, joy is the result of the word of God being spoken to us and received into our heart in whatever situation we're in, all right? Lord, restore to us your peace, all right? You, you, we gotta be able to see Jesus in our situations. We get into trouble because we don't see him and he is there, but we gotta see him. And this word see, I know it, they physically saw, but if you look it up, it, it really means to perceive, to, to know because of perception that God will give you ears to hear eyes to see. You know, the, the Bible says in Revelations, anoint our eyes with eye salve, anoint our eyes with eye salve that we might see. You know, uh, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We, we need to see, you know what, he's there, but do you see him? Look at, this is what it means. This is what see means. To grasp the spiritual reality that Christ is with me in my situation. Once again, to perceive that they, once they saw him, they were glad. It says, then the disciples were glad. When? When? When were they glad? When they saw the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There we go. Jesus is the true reason for hope, love, joy, and peace. Jesus Christ is the true reason for hope hope, love, joy, and peace in this season and forever. Come on, somebody. Here's the last one. Jesus is Emmanuel, the Christ candle, Christ candle. This is the white candle right in the middle. You light, you're supposed to light this one on Christmas Eve, you, you know, and this represents him. It represents purity and light. So um, we celebrate his arrival on Christmas. We are expectant. We are postured and expectant for his return. So I'm gonna read one more portion of verses and then we're gonna close here. But John, all right, and I'm gonna read starting in verse nine. Verse nine to 14, okay? That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Verse 10, he was in the world, the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Verse 11, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. All right, I don't know if I said this, but John chapter one, by the way, John chapter one. Um, Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. John 1, verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Somebody say, Emmanuel, God with us and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, this is so beautiful. Could you imagine Jesus? He was a 100% man and a 100% God in his humanity. 
He had emotion. Could you imagine the emotion? Him looking around this world, okay? He was in the world and the world was made. I made all of this and they don't even know me. And the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. I'm here to tell you right now that Jesus knows what it's like to be in an environment where he does not fit in. He is not known. He knows the emotion of being alone. He knows to be in an environment of those that are his own, but they don't receive him. And he knows to be in a place that, that, that they don't know him, yet he created them. And he was obedient to the point of death on the cross. And he knows, he knows. He, you know, we have a faithful high priest, the Bible says, who's able to empathize, to be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He truly is God with us, sharing in our humanity, a resurrected Savior. And, and the power to save is only in his name. He is the light of the world. And, and, and he is worth every ounce of your life and your worship. Hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.